Hey, big boxers. Welcome to On the Shelf, a program that is dedicated to helping you get your products into a major big box retailer. Tim here with you on this very special episode Monday. What's so special about it? It is time for our very first Flash Topic. Now, I know you guys don't know what Flash Topic is, and that's okay. I'm going to tell you all about it. And then uh, a little later in the wrap-up, I'm going to talk a little bit about how we might be able to reach out to you uh, in the future and let you know what cool things we have coming. Let me ask you a cool question before we get started. What do you think would happen if we took a former Sam's Club and Walmart buyer, a current buyer with the University of Colorado, a design expert, Inc. Magazine columnist, and expert podcaster, and then finally... An expert in content management and social media. What would happen if we took all four of these people, we put them on one episode, and then we threw a topic at them that they had no idea what was coming? Magic. That's what happened. Magic is exactly what happened. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait to share it with you guys. I can't wait for you guys to get this well-rounded 360 view of this particular topic and how having multiple people from multiple backgrounds with multiple experience weighing in on the same topic really helps you understand it better. I'm super excited, super excited to share it with you. Let me tell you a little bit about how it works first, okay? First of all, 10 minutes before the recording, I send out three topics. And then once the recording is underway, I take those three topics, I wrap them up, I put them in a hat, and I draw Really, honestly, folks, I'm drawing blind to get the actual topic. So nobody knows what we're actually going to be talking about. Only 10 minutes before did they get three possible topics. So once a topic is drawn, everybody gets between one and two minutes to give their first opinions, to roll out their first thoughts right off the top of their heads. There's no scripting here, people. Nobody knows stuff ahead of time. Nobody has time to build an agenda it's really just first top thoughts off the top of your head. And then uh, once everybody has a chance to get out their first thoughts, we do about a 15 to 20-minute discussion where everybody can kind of then build out further on their thought, have a little bit of discussion, possibly even a little bit of back and forth as to different opinions. That's really where the meat happens. That's really where uh, the good stuff is, is in this discussion. Once the discussion is over, we wrap it up. Everybody gets a minute to wrap up and, and talk about what they learned, what they didn't learn, if they changed their opinion, if they're still adamant about where they're at and what they're doing. And then you get their final thoughts. So you get four for the price of one, folks. Four for the price of one. And the price of one doesn't cost you anything, right? So you're really getting four expert opinions for free. It's amazing. We loved it. Everybody had a good time. Everybody has signed on for another episode. But here's the thing. We really want you guys to weigh in. After you've done listening to the call, we want you to weigh in. Did you like it? Did you not like it? What did you like about it? It's important because I want to know whether I should start slotting this in once a month for a flash topic episode. What would be really cool is if in the future you guys sent in the flash topic. These were topics that you guys picked, and we didn't know anything about it until the day of the episode. Well, I don't want you guys to wait any longer, so without any further ado, let's get right into it. Hey, welcome Flash Topic Panel. How is everybody this morning? Great. Awesome. All right, Great. So, Thank you. 
So here we have we have uh, Karan Moore, we have Tracy Lee Hazard, we have Salah Kalop, and we have Joe Tarnowski. I'm going to go ahead and I know you guys each submitted to me just a little bit of a profile on who you are, and I want all the big boxers out there to know who you guys are and what you guys are doing. So I'm going to go ahead and go down through your your guys's bio, Joe. I'm going to cut yours by about a third because a whole page is not what I asked for. <laughs> you mean you're going to cut the last line too? Yeah, right. The last line especially. All right. So, um, oh. so Karan Moore, after completing her MBA and moving to the U.S., uh, Karan owned and operated a successful restaurant in central Jersey for 20 years. Uh, in order to find some work-life balance, she went to work for Rutgers University, increasing their sales and catering and special events by no less than 1,166%. Currently, Karan is the Associate Director of Campus Dining Services at the University of Colorado Boulder. She continues to do restaurant consulting and design work, as well as health and life coaching in her personal time. Welcome, Karan. Thank you. All right, Tracy Lee Hazard. Do you like the Lee in there, Tracy, or not so much? I don't really use it anymore. You don't. Okay, so we're going to leave that it's out. still folks. on my bio. <laughs> right? We're, yeah, we're going to leave that out. We're just going to go with Tracy Hazard. Uh, Ink columnist and uh, product strategist for Has Design has all uh, co-designed and developed 250-plus consumer products generating more than, you guys ready, $1 billion for her e-commerce and original uh, brand-building clients. She is the co-host wow. of WTFFF. That's what the Tracy, go ahead. Used filament fabrication, which That's is three right. D printing. Three <laughs> D printing podcast, and you just said you just finished your what podcast? How many? Oh uh, well, we recorded our five hundredth, but it hasn't aired yet. <laughs> is there going to be a big celebration for that? You know, we haven't decided yet. We probably should. Yeah, five hundred is a big is a is a big number, um, and uh, also members only product launch hazards podcast as well. So podcasting is happening over there. Salah, corporate and retail growth strategist and business development consultant, Salah Cloth has over 25 years of merchandising and operations experience in the retail and warehouse club industry. He most recently led the supplier diversity department at Sam's Club, where his business unit created solutions to meet the needs of millions of small businesses or small business owners that Sam's Club serves. Additionally, Salah also served on the boards of several national minority organizations representing Walmart, Inc. Welcome, Salah. Thank you. And finally, uh, Joe, um, like I said, we're going to cut this back a little bit, but Joe Tarnowski is VP of content for ECRM, a company that helps retailers discover new products and more effectively review and plan their categories across food, HBC, general merchandise, and pharmacy segments. He heads up ECRM's content marketing initiatives to engage current customers and drive new business and has been in this role for just under three years. Prior to this, he had a 24-year career as editor uh, of various trade media brands such as Progressive Grocer, Convenience Store News, and Retail Tech. Welcome, Joe. Thank you very much. Awesome to be here. Well, I am not going to go through my bio. Everybody knows who I am and what I do. Um, today is our first, hopefully, uh, uh, of many um, Flash Topic podcasts with a panel. Um, the whole idea of, of this podcast is to uh, generate some ideas around a certain topic that is previously undisclosed. Now, just so that the listeners know, uh, before we started, I sent out three Flash Topics to everybody, and everybody got those, right? 
Yes. Yep, now, did. I literally yeah, have yeah. a hat in my hand, and I have all three um, bunched up in there, so not even I know which one we're going to do. I'm going to go ahead and draw. I know this is very exciting, guys, uh, <laughs> as the anticipation builds. Doom, 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 doom. Thank you. Drum roll. The, the drum roll. All right, so what we're going to talk about is uh, are traditional trade shows obsolete, or do they still make an impact? So the way this is going to work is each one of you guys will have um, two minutes or so to provide your first thoughts on the topic, and then we'll go into a discussion, and then we'll go into a final roundup if, uh, if anybody was beaten into submission on changing their opinion um, after, after the entire show. So first, um, uh, the way we're lined up on my screen, I'm going to go with uh, Joe, and uh, Joe will let you go um, uh, obsolete trade shows or, or trade shows. And, and by the way, I'm talking about traditional trade shows, for instance, like the house or show or where you set up a booth and you just pray that people will come by. And um, are, th are those obsolete, Joe? I don't think they're obsolete. Uh, I do think, especially since we're kind of in that business, you know, we do have in-person meetings where we connect buyers and sellers. Uh, what we've been seeing uh, over the past couple of uh, years especially is you know, a lot of trade shows are having trouble or they're closing and and uh, people are looking for more focused one-on-one -on -one meetings, which has been great for us because we do that. But, uh, you know, you still have a lot of trade shows out there that are very important. Uh, they have great content. Uh, the people want to get there and, uh, and network. And there's a lot of uh, more top-to-top -to -top meetings at these trade shows. So I don't think they're going to be obsolete but i do think that a lot of them may want to rethink their models uh to to be more efficient and uh, with their meetings especially and, and the way they connect with buyers and sellers because you get a trade show some of these trade shows have become so massive that if you're a retailer walking the floors there's only so many suppliers that you're going to be able to see a visit but in one sense it's okay because they can walk through and get a nice broad view of what's happening within that category for exa example nat the natural products expo west i think they have like 1800 booths in there which that's a monster it's a lot for uh, a retail buyer to kind of go through but it'll give them a good broad experience uh, of what's out there Contrast to that, we'll have our natural, organic, and specialty foods EPPS meetings, where it's a smaller group, but they have longer and private meetings. So I think in, in that sense, the combination kind of works out well because they get that breadth, but then they'll also get that, that uh, real specific exposure. Uh, plus, the traditional trade shows tend to have a lot of educational components, and those are very important. Uh, we've been adding a lot more of those to our meetings. So I, I so long long uh, answer to a quick question is I do not think they'll be obsolete. Uh, I think they may kind of change, especially with technology uh, and, and social media. That's going to be incorporated more into it as well. Okay, all right, Tracy, obsolete? Yes, no. What do you think? You know, I'm already seeing a, a I've been seeing a steep decline over the last ten years, of course, because um, my main industry has been in furniture for a long time. And so the permanent showrooms have been dropped, high point occupancies way down. Um, so was Neocon, if you want to go in contract furnishing. So all of that has been happening. But what I've been seeing is an absolute resurgence and growth in 
in conference style trade shows. So trade shows with lots of training, lots of conferences, and then have pop-up booths outside. So you have more of that happening. And the essential part of that is that you are giving a training that you are in that um, conference area because they will not come to your booth if they do not hear you or talk to you or know about you. Um, The other ones that are popping up and doing really well are the ones that are attracting large uh, groups of uh, foreign manufacturers because you know, going over and going to China and going to one of those trade shows is absolutely insane. Um, but uh, the ones that will spend the money to come here are, you know, perhaps manufacturers worth considering. And so I've seen a lot of those popping up. So where they have like full floors of foreign manufacturers from all around the world. So I think the, the it's revolutionizing. It's not um, necessarily obsolete. Okay. All right. Karen, what do you think? Obsolete, not obsolete, changing. What's your opinion? Um, I think I'm changing my opinion about it. Uh, for me, the past five years, it's been obsolete because uh, of finding ECRM. Kind of echoing a lot of what Joe said. For me personally, because I'm a buyer, I, I like the idea of being able to see you know 90 people in three days, which I couldn't do certainly at a trade show, and I can't do in my normal work life. So. Um, that helps to develop a rapport to discuss how we can actually do our purchasing, et cetera. Going to a trade show in the past has been daunting. Um, Hundreds and hundreds of booths, you can't get up to some of them that you might be interested in or you're engaging in a conversation with someone and then a bigger buyer comes along and you're quickly swept under the table and they move on. Um, However, I will say this year um, I do plan on going to CAMEX um, specifically because I want the education portion of it. And I think that's going to be um, a nice balance for me. So I'll have the one-on-ones that you get with ECRM. I'll have the education that you get with a larger conference and then also the trade show portion of it, which will be far broader, but I have a very niche market. So I'll be able to plan ahead of time how to navigate that trade show floor and best use my time uh, during that conference time. So um, I think, you know, as Joe and Tracy both said, I think there's still a place for them. Um, I think it's up to the buyer, though, to use both very wisely. Got it. Okay. Great. Salal, rounding it out. So. Uh, exactly. So I'm going to echo some of what everybody said. Uh, the thing is, for me, I don't think they are obsolete. I just think that uh, uh, traditional ro- uh, trade shows are evolving. And I always call it a quality trade show, uh, meaning some of what was mentioned here, uh, preparing everybody before coming in. You know, uh, who, uh, for instance, sending out uh, who's coming in, who's attending, uh, at what, uh, where the location is, what products they carry. Um, I think most of the buyers like to go in and because um, I was when I was buying, I like to go in and, and, and be prepared, knowing what areas I'm looking for. Of course, I know what I was looking for uh, in my area of the business in grocery. So for me, it was visiting the things that are the fit within my strategy. So preparing me ahead of time is important. So is preparing the uh, 
suppliers that are coming in as well. Okay, so uh, clarity of uh, uh, how to look uh, for good items, how to differentiate yourself, how to uh, come up with things that uh, the retailers would love to look for. Training and educating, I've heard this and I agree with it 100%. This is a must, I think. What's evolving is we're seeing uh, podcasts, we're seeing uh, things sent out ahead of time, we're seeing social media being used uh, during those shows. So I, I think there's a great value to quality trade shows still, uh, Tim. Okay. Guys, you're ma- not making it uh, very easy to mix it up here when you guys all agree. Um, <laughs> now, so let me throw a little bit of a wrench in there. I do think, me personally, I, I think that, um, you know, just like everything, nothing is going to go away completely. You know, people constantly say, hey, is the brick-and-mortar store going to go away? Yeah, No, it's probably not going to go away. People say, hey, are real physical books going to go away? No, probably not. But you know, um, uh, online obviously keeps encroaching and taking business away from brick and mortar. And, uh, you know, having your books on your tablet is taking away from um, uh, somewhat of uh, physical book sales. And, and just like that, I think that there are parts of the trade show that are antiquated and, and obsolete. I, I don't think that buyers like to put on their comfortable shoes and walk up and down the aisles. I think that these days, they're going to trade shows to speak to a couple specific people, um, the big retailers. You know, uh, whenever I talk to a Costco buyer and they say they're going to do a trade show, it's really just to meet people that they already do business with. They're they're not setting aside time to find new items. They're not setting aside time to actually book a meeting with anybody new. Uh, and if you try to get on their calendar, they'll say, well, if I'm in that area, I'll see if I can stop by, which really means I'm not going to no. stop by. Yeah, and- It means no. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It means, yeah, it means, it means, yeah, if I'm in that area, yeah, that's a, that's a no. And so I think that, uh, there are companies out there, uh, GMDC with their, with their new video, um, uh, you know, their new video platform. I think that's going to be huge. I think that if, uh, it, for both buyers and retailers, so, I mean, I mean, buyers and manufacturers, if I can sit down in front of my computer and have 20 minutes one-on-one with 10 buyers in one setting for them it's easy because they're in their office for me it's easy uh, because we're face to face so i think that uh, any any uh, trade shows out there that are ignoring the uh, video aspect of of um, connecting buyers and sellers is just you know turning a, a blind eye i remember when the owner of uh of um, sharper image just would not recognize that the internet was crushing his business until uh, in May of 2008, it got sold on the chopping block. I mean, you know, that was the final nail in the coffin. He's like, Oh, well maybe this is happening. So, well, you know, I think, you know, Tim, you're right. I mean, you know, and to some extent it's, it's a little bit different when, depending on the viewpoint of the size of the market you're looking at. So, you know, you're talking about very large buyers, right? You know, very large companies, Costco, and and you got those buyers at that size. And, yeah, their days are impacted to the point at which they cannot take in smaller meetings. So there really isn't a good way to do that unless they want to do something like sit at their desk um, for a couple of hours and and take a bunch of five-minute meetings with new prospects. So via video, and that's a great 
a great way to do it. But I think we also have to recognize that even in that large buyer situation, as well as the smaller um, pop-up, you know, e-commerce stores that are popping up everywhere, buyers that are coming in everywhere, sellers that are coming in from every direction, there's a high level of lack of education and understanding in their categories and in the industry in general and how things work and, and how what proper practices are. I mean, I have a client who's doing tens of millions of dollars and they have no systems in place to track their products. So I'm acting more less as a designer and more as uh, a person putting in forms and, and processes for them. So this is going on across that. So anything that is going to attract training and all of those things are actually going to attract them as well so that you can get a sit down. And, you know, I think, I think uh, one thing you mentioned, uh, what you mentioned before, Tim, I think it's, it's buyers are looking for more focus and I guess more efficiency. Uh, and, and technology is definitely one of the ways in which that, that uh, can be achieved, or even a mix of technology and in person. Uh, an example, one example is something we're doing in July for uh, Walgreens. Uh, we're hosting a supplier diversity summit. And what we're doing, the role we're playing, in addition to hosting it and managing the meetings, is we're actually helping them on the sourcing side. And we've done this with Salah in the past as well when he was with Sam's Club. Um, so what, we're do, what we do is we're using leveraging our database and our digital forms and stuff to kind of cast a wide net and get that first round of suppliers. And then everything is passed along to Walgreens and they will kind of narrow that scope and figure out which ones based on, you know, all the criteria that we collect ahead of time digitally, they determine which ones they want their category managers to actually meet with at the face-to-face -face event that we put together uh, for them at a hotel near their headquarters. And so this way, by the time the meet, we have the live meeting, I believe it's July 19th, it's purely focused and they're only meeting with exactly who is relevant for what their needs are. So I think that combination of leveraging technology and, and you know, bringing that efficiency and the relevance is, is what you're going to see a lot more of going. Um... Hey, big boxers. Just a quick announcement from TLB Consulting. Are you looking to scale your business this year? Are you looking to get your products on the shelf of a retailer this year? Well, guess what? Booking a coaching call with me has never been easier. I know based on the past 10 years of working with clients that it can be difficult to be a solopreneur. It can be difficult to scale your business into territory that you've never been to. That's why I have opened up more slots this year than I've ever done before. One of my goals this year is to work with more clients, more solopreneurs, more big boxers looking to get their products into retail than ever before. I want to work directly with you and share my experiences over the last 25 years of getting products into retail. I want to share those experiences with you. I want to talk to you from a place of somebody who's been there and I want to help you get to where I've gone. Like I said, it's never been easier. All you have to do is go to tlbconsulting.com, click on consulting, 
and then choose the time or the bundle that you want and get it scheduled. Let's kick off 2020 with a bang. Let's get you the information that you need. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Moving forward. And you see, you'll see, uh, and like Joe said, you know, we've done, I've done a few of these at Sam's Club uh, slash Walmart with ECRM, and we've tested and tested. And what Joe said is exactly right. And, you know, what, what, you, will need, what you will need is preparing both up front again, preparing them on uh, first the supplier, manufacturer, who they're meeting with, what to expect, have you done your research, What's the strategy? What's the business model? Do you understand it? Have you even visited the Walgreens or a Sam's Club or a Walmart? Have you walked the aisle? So preparations in advance. Uh, Joe, I caution you, though, internally, it takes preparations for these buyers as well, as well even at Walgreens. Uh, so uh, it takes a lot of uh, getting them to know who's coming in again, what they're looking for, why we're doing this, why is this important for the business, and, and all that jazz. So... Uh, actually, I'm glad to see that more of it is being done, Joe. Yeah, I think it's important. Uh, uh, both of you touched on the uh, the concept of preparation, and I think that is extremely important. And, and uh, one thing I do a lot of at our face-to-face meetings is observations, in which I'll just sit in a meeting with the retailer and a supplier, and I'll do that all day. I'll try. Um, shadow some retailers and just so that I could hear the conversations and see what they're talking about. And one thing that continues to amaze me, uh, not as much on the retailer side, but particularly on the supplier side, is the lack of preparation on some of them. You know, they're coming in and we make all of these tools available for them to prep for their meetings. But like you said, you know, you want them to visit one of your stores. Some cases, these suppliers don't even Meet, they don't even walk a retailer store before they're meeting with them, and that baffles me because, if, you know, if I'm trying to sell them a product, I want to know every single detail that I can about the retailer I'm trying to sell, and some of them just don't do it. So uh, we try to do everything that we can to give them all the tools available both on both sides. You know, we have content around education. In fact, uh, Salah, you were part of it when we did the uh, – panel discussion on how to do business with big retailers. You know, uh, that's you know, why we do those things, uh, to try and educate them and, and better focus them so that they can make these meetings really efficient and get the most out of them. So I think there's definitely a need uh, for more of that in the industry on both sides. Joe, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you my bill later for the advertising. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let, let's try to, let, let, let's, um, um, I see where everybody is is going, and I think um, everybody is agreeing. Let's let's talk a little bit about you know if you're an up and coming manufacturer, you're not brand new, but you you really haven't made it yet. Where should you spend your money on you know when I say traditional trade show or alternative trade show or face to face meeting? I just recently went to um, I was in Chicago for a True Value Hardware Presidents Council meeting. Has anybody heard of Presidents Council? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know they're putting together these, um, and, and they're kind of old school, actually, uh, old school buyer day. Um, but you know the retailers themselves don't want to do these buyer days anymore. So Presidents Council is organizing it. It's pretty. It's pretty cheap actually to to be part of it. 
and you go there and you got your 20 minutes with the one buyer that you wanted to meet with. And, you know, for, for this particular meeting it was super successful. So I think there's some, there's some choice out there when you decide, Hey, I have this much funds. Where am I going to put it? What do you guys think about that? So, so if I can comment on that, so this is something interesting just happened sort of in the 3d print industry, which sort of popped up out of nowhere at the consumer electronics show about five years ago. And they started out and they, you know, probably about three years ago, there was like you know, I'd say there was probably 150, maybe 200 suppliers there, all, you know, manufacturers of machines and material suppliers and that whole thing. And when we went this past CES, it was down to 50. And so you could see that the price and value was really not there for them. So at the height of something, when it was really, really innovative, not being in the mix was a problem. And maybe it was worth spending more money at that time. But the price of those trade shows are really pricing out companies without big budgets. So you have to be creative in how you're going to go about it. So what I found is that um, from the smaller manufacturer sites, from the brand builder side of, of that as well, that it's going to, like you said, these sort of niche places, places in which you can do a combination of give a talk, have a booth, and participate in some kind of like you say, a buyer day, a panel day, where you're bringing, where you have some somebody organizing within that show, a walkthrough of various people, and you can get yourself on that list, and you pay the extra money because the show itself is not costly in terms of trade show booth space as it is at these larger shows. You know, one of the most valuable thing that uh, to echo what you're saying about um, getting ready and be ready and know what's where you're going. One of the most valuable thing I did in those events back uh, back then is the panel uh, discussion that happened ahead of time, which uh, Joe uh, alluded to a little bit in his conversation. The manufacturers and the buyers sit in one room, buyers, merchants, teaching, suppliers, manufacturers, how they decide on an item. What makes that item the item they're going to pick? You know, for instance, uh, are, uh, you know, are you offering a solution? Uh, are you offering a niche? Uh, what, what's the gap? Why is your item important for the retailer? So really, um, back to education, uh, it, it's so important, and it makes a, a better show, uh, a more productive show for everybody. The other thing I want to mention, Salah, to jump off that is that, you know, we have a, a, a press, a lack of press at these trade shows as well. And that's because we don't have, you know, we don't have, I'm a columnist at, at Inc., but it's not my day job. It doesn't pay my bills. And no one sends me from Inc. to go to cover trade shows. That doesn't happen anymore because we have so many contributing writers and other things. So if you get lucky, you know someone or you have a PR firm, you'll get written up. But there is a high likelihood that I might attend the um, education series or the conference portion of it and hear you and then come see your booth. So that's really where you're going to attract the press attention, which may be necessary in your business to get written up in those trade publications, the things that you need that, from that perspective in terms of getting the word out about who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit this and, you know, uh, I'll stand up and raise my hand and say, I was one of those people that go to the trade show and don't take advantage of all the educational seminars that happen before the trade show. I was too busy, you know, setting up my booth or, or doing this or doing that or just relaxing. But, you know, having recently 
um, uh, been with Joe and, and actually sat on a panel with Karan um, and, and looked at the amount of people that were there to um, listen to what we had to say. And I also did my own um, talk. And although there was a good crowd, it, it's not, you know, the hundreds of people that are there. Um, I, I think that people are missing out on some significant uh, opportunity to um, find out the best ways to go about and make what they're about to do successful. I mean, people pay a lot of money to go, but uh, to all of your points, they're not educating themselves like they could be. And you're going to see these people again and again during the week. So um, it's important uh, to to hear what they have to say and then and then uh, check with them later and, and have more of a one-on-one conversation. I'm um, I'm a total flip-flop on that, you know, having been on the other side, on the teaching side of it, I'm a total flip-flop. Of course, now that I've taught some, I'm like, darn it, you guys got to go to my, sh- you know, to my presentation. What are you doing? Nobody's learning anything. Um, but I agree. Um, all right. That any, was uh, interesting. Yeah, Tim, that the um, recent for uh, the Prosper show just happened in conjunction, I guess it was March, in uh, conjunction with a, with a couple of trade shows that were going on in Vegas at the time. And they had standing room only. They had like 2,000 people in some of their um, in some of their discussion panel discussions as well as their keynotes. Um, I am going to speak there next year, and it's just they did not anticipate that level of um, participation in the education seminars and series. Um, they thought there would be out of the registrants that they had. You know, they have you know like maybe 40% show up. Instead, they had more than 80. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. You know, I think as far as the panelists themselves, uh, I think it is important to try and mix in um, attendees as these panels, you know, for educational panels. Because, sure, people want to hear from experts, but they also want to hear real case studies from people that are their peers. Hey, Karan, we haven't heard much from you. Are you still with us? Oh, I am. I'm here. I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) I just making sure that you didn't drop drop off. So I apologize. Um, All right, let's guys, let's go to um, let's go to kind of uh, final thoughts. I mean, everybody has kind of chimed in. I I have a good feeling about where everybody is. But in your final thoughts, let's try to offer up some um, from our own experience, some key suggestions to, you know, to to the big boxers, the listeners out there that may be struggling with what to do this year, how to get their product, um, uh, how to get their product noticed, you know, how, how, and then how to educate themselves. So final thoughts, Salal. Okay. Um, my, my thing, I, go, I always go back to basics. Um, if I'm an, if I'm a manufacturer, are you, I want to be a solution. What am I offering? Again, is it a niche? Where does it fit? You know, did I do my research? Research, research, research. It's huge. Don't even underestimate that one. You know, there is Internet now, knowing what the um, uh, uh, retailer is up to now, where the strategy is. Uh, Read news clips, uh, press releases, social media. So, uh, you know, contact, contact the customer and be patient, have patience, understand what they want. Uh, it's, it's funny how, you know, as uh, uh, buyers come and look for product, you know, if they see something, they'll know it. Most of the most of the buyers I met are experts in their field. They know what they want. So be ready. Be prepared. 
And uh, once you're in, execute brilliantly, though. Make sure everything is happening as uh, the retailer is asking uh, you to do. Nice. Execute brilliantly. Did you hear that, Big Boxers? Execute brilliantly. No no pressure. Just uh, (laughs) once you're in, execute brilliantly. I love that. Um, All right. uh, Final thoughts, Karan. So um, from from a distributor's point of view or from a seller's point of view, um, I think, as we've all said, they really need to know their buyer. It is astonishing to me how many people that I meet with that have absolutely no idea what my demographic is, what I do. Mm-hmm. And so I spend a lot of time in a meeting just you know, repeating information that they, they should have had up front. This is an interview. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's important that they prepare for an interview as you would if you are actually looking for a job, because it is a job. And, you know, they really need to come prepared. And as um, Sala said, that it is important that they tell you what gap they're going to fill, why they are the best product for you. From a buyer's perspective, I think you need to have an open mind. Um, certainly when I was in the restaurant business and I would go to large trade shows like um, the New York um, the New York restaurant show, I was going there. It's overwhelming, and I was focused on I need olive oil. And I hit the olive oil aisle, and then I would leave. Um, then flip it to where I am now, and I have sort of tunneled my vision with um, ECRM and so that I get – uh, that that vendor connection. However, um, I think what a lot of people do is they're still in that mentality of I need A, B, and C, and they don't have their their mind open to all the other opportunities. Um, because I find when um, specifically CRM, when I go there, I find I'll meet with any buyer who wants to meet or um, seller who wants to meet with me, because I don't know what I might want. You know, they present items that I had no idea were on the market, and that's why I'm looking forward to going back into the trade show piece this year because I think there are things out there that I'm not even aware of that would be great for my demographic. So, you know, from the – I think it's really important to keep your mind open. I also think to go back to your previous question on where do you spend your money most wisely – and I think in shows, and, you know, I hate for this to sound like a, a sales pitch for ECRM, but I'm in Boulder, which is a hotbed for innovation. And we do, you know, our Boulder days for startup companies. And when people come, they love to pitch to the university because we have the future buyers here. So they want to see, are these people going to actually purchase these products in the future? And I really think um, when you're starting up, to be with a company like ECRM who you can get, you can meet with people one-on-one to really get down and, and sell your product to them, not vomiting on them all your information, but making that personal connection and filling the gap, telling them why your product is the best for whatever they're selling. 
Are you going to, Tim, are you going to charge me for the free advertising from Karan and uh, Salah? <laughs> Buddy, you're going to get a huge bill, my friend. I, I, yeah, um, Just a love fest, Joe. Yeah, so, um, but uh, from Karan, folks, uh, the big takeaway there, don't vomit all your information onto the buyers. Okay, no vomiting of information. Uh, I hope you guys are writing that down. All right, um, Joe, Probing I don't know wisdom. if you need to say anything, right? Because, uh, I mean, everybody's kind of pitching your thing for you. But, Joe, final thoughts. Sure. And actually, uh, as it relates to the vomiting content, um, <laughs> as from a content marketing perspective, you know, content is really important these days. There's so much of it online that the content has to be so relevant in order to kind of get noticed. And my biggest advice for, for uh, suppliers is, to make sure that your content is relevant in turn, and, and don't talk about yourself so much, but talk about your customers or your prospective customers and what you, how you're looking to solve their problems. So one good way to kind of frame that, if you're thinking about what to create content about, is to think of any questions that your customers might ask you and the answers to those questions would each be a topic for a blog or a post or something. And then the other side of that is to engage them through that content. You want a, if you have a Facebook page, your conversations should be about them. It shouldn't be about you. You shouldn't be throwing a whole bunch of promotional stuff. Hey, we, we got this new product. We got this, this. It should be about what do you want and how can we help you with that. Nice. Tracy, final thoughts. So a meeting at a trade show is a first date. And, uh, and sometimes it's a blind date at that. So the, the vomiting on top of them, you're not sharing your entire history here. You're just trying to get that second date. You're trying to get the deeper conversation. You're trying to get a one-on-one, uh, one where they're not, you know, looking at their watch and wondering how fast they can get to the next booth because they have another appointment. It's all about, why at the end of the day? Why should they have a second date with you? Why do you attract consumers? Why are your products going to fly off the shelf? It is not about the what. That what in a big box store, as we all know here, it's an unassisted sale. It needs to be treated that same way within your trade show booth. It's an unassisted sale. It's not the point. The point is, are we a demographic match? Are we? Are you really going to add to my business as a buyer? Are you going to fly off the shelf? And and it's not. It's all about the why there and not the what. So, which is a very different approach to how you're going to execute brilliantly a trade show booth. Nice. Yep. So Tracy, if, by the way, guys, is telling you, you're just trying to get to first base here, right? You're not trying to hit a home run, right? <laughs> uh, uh, first up to bat. You're just trying to get to, to first base. And I'm dating myself with that analogy a little bit. But um, all right. So, it, you know, wh- I guess what I think is if if you're going to put trade show of any kind into your strategy this year or uh, coming up for maybe 2018, uh, I want you to do your homework. I want you to see what's available out there. Don't just think because everybody before you went and paid, you know, $3,500 to get a 10 by 10 booth at the house for a show, that that's what you have to do. That's the only thing that you have to do. It's not. There are other options out there. There are, and they're popping up all the time that can get you some face-to-face time for actually less money. 
So do your homework, find out um, what's available to you, and then everything that the panel said still adheres. No matter what type of trade show, no matter who you see, no matter who pops up into your booth, you still have to not vomit on them. You still have to act like it's a first date. You still have to understand that um, you know this person has seen a million products in a short amount of time. So what is the one thing that you're going to say that's going to stand out? What is your elevator pitch? What are you going to say? And you can't just come up with it right then. You can't just practice it on the buyer, okay? You need to be practicing it beforehand. You need to know what you're going to say, and it shouldn't be long. It should just be an elevator pitch on what your product is and, and why it's great and, and why they should consider a second date where maybe you guys are going to share a meal or something like that. So there you go. All right, Um I guess the, I guess that kind of wraps wraps it up, and, and I think that we kind of tangented a little bit, which I liked uh, as far big boxers. As far as not only did you get to understand our trade shows, not necessarily obsolete, that there's a lot else out there, but kind of what you should do at a trade show from the experts, people that are doing it, people that are making it happen, and people that have been on the other side and are currently on the other side of the table. So we hope that you enjoyed this first episode of Flash Topic. Uh, we're looking to make this a monthly um, uh, installment. So uh, our goal in uh, in the end is for you to submit your flash topics to us for us to discuss. That would be um, amazing. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you on the shelf. Wow. That was amazing. Our first flash topic episode, people, is in the bag. In the bag. We are done. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as we did doing it. We had a great time, a blast. Like I said, everybody has already signed on for the next Flash Topic episode, and I'm super excited about that. So definitely let us know what you thought and how you liked it. A couple housekeeping things before I let you go. I mentioned earlier uh, in the intro that I wanted to let you guys know that this Flash Topic was coming, that we had this uh, brilliant idea to get a panel of experts together but as it turned out, when I when I sat down to my computer to talk to you or to write to you, I realized I don't know how to get a hold of you. I don't have a mailing list of big boxers that I can reach out to you guys and simply tell you, hey, this is the next guest that's going to be on the show. Hey, this is what we're doing. This is something new that we're doing. Of course, I can put it on Facebook. Of course, I can send it out on Twitter, but that's not the same, right? You you literally have to go to Facebook at the moment. You have to see that specific tweet. What's the chance of that? I'd really like to have a mailing list, a complete mailing list, emailing list, by the way, we're not snail mail, emailing list of the big boxers so that I could reach out to you guys when something amazing is happening. Look, I'm not trying to sell you guys toilet paper or Ginsu knives. I'm not going to be emailing out to you guys to say, hey, would you donate here or donate there? We have this crowdfunding campaign. None of that. This is simply to promote things that we're doing on the show, things that I think that will be important to you, and I want you guys to know what's coming up so that you can plan accordingly. I've created just a simple page on my website, TLB Consulting, uh, that you guys can go to and sign up for the mailing list. The uh, URL to that is tlbconsulting.com forward slash mailing list dot HTML. I'm going to go ahead and put that in the show notes so you guys can click on that and uh, give us your email simple as that and again guys not going to sell it not going to tell anybody about it not going to hand these emails out to anybody it's just simply for us to talk to each other when something amazing is happening 
Next up is our new Facebook group. That's right. We have a Facebook group, people. It's called On the Shelf Now. So go to Facebook, look it up, On the Shelf Now. And this also will be a great way for us to connect and for us to let you know future things, things that are coming up alongside the emailing list. On the Shelf Now, it's also a good place for you to connect with other big boxers, learn what they're doing, uh, learn what their best practices are and how you might be able to incorporate those and share some of your best practices. Looking forward to seeing you at On the Shelf Now Facebook group. All right. Listen, if you guys are liking the show, let us know. Please reach out to us. You can always connect with us on Twitter at, at TLB Consulting or on Facebook at TLB Consulting or on our website at TLBConsulting.com. Look forward to our next episode, guys. Until then, look forward to seeing your products on the shelf. 